Skype of Cthulhu presents The Call of Cthulhu Campaign Horror on the Orient Express I'm just going to put all of the um, handouts in there They're probably all in the notes anyway Oh, nice, yeah Did we get all of the handouts, do you think? Um... I am not entirely sure. <laughs> um, you'd have to look through, I suppose. I think it's certainly for the earlier ones, what I did is I went through the notes and I um, you know, screenshotted them, cut them all out, made these little image files that I would then paste into the notes as we went along. Um, yeah, I suppose there's there's probably a couple... So if you look in, I don't know, do you have access to the Dropbox at the moment? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, if you go into Handouts Session 3, a couple of uh, telegrams there that I'm not entirely, don't think I used them in the end, don't think I sent them. No. So yeah, there's probably a, a number that you missed. These are from a, a fake. These are from a bad guy, huh? Aha, uh-huh, yes, indeed. Uh, what are we going to do? We're going to wait for Max. We're going to we're going to begin. Don't really know what. I vote begin. We wait a long begin. Time. Excellent. <laughs> so, finally finished. Yeah. Seem to take forever. <laughs> <laughs> is, is it really two years since we started? When when did we start playing the first session of our? Uh, the notes say that yeah, September twenty first, twenty fourteen. So one and a half, I guess. Oh, wow. to two. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It didn't feel that long, to be honest. <laughs> and and I think the the flashbacks, the, the different flashbacks, kind of help, uh, you know, to kind of um, change the since they changed the the. the you know, kind of different games. Yeah, I really like that. I like the, the, yeah, the flashbacks. I like the fact you yeah. could sort of slot them in between the main the main bits. Yeah, yeah. I, I really I really like the um, the medieval ones. Those were good. Mm. Yeah. Did we end up doing all the flashbacks? Um, we did. Yes, we did all the flashbacks. Um, so there's a number of, of optional um, scenarios. I actually missed one out entirely. Um, so th- 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 there's an option here. We could, we could, if you are interested, run that later as a sort of throwback thing. It it would involve um, using some of the early characters. So. <laughs> resurrecting them and uh, 
play in them, but it 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 will fit in just fine because it is a dreamlands scenario. Um, So the the original intention of that scenario was that when you were on the Orient Express at night, um, you would you would enter the dreamlands and could do this scenario and, and and it could actually take a sort of a number of sessions uh sorry uh, you know a number of different evenings on the train um but i never i never particularly found a good time to slot it in and by the time i realized i'd forgotten it it was a bit too late and do the um, um do the flashback affect in in uh sort of concrete ways the the present of the scenario um not particularly um they they you you can't change anything in the past that changes the present that's what i mean yeah like it's not like things are found in different places because of a flashback or anything like that yeah so you 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 get more information you get a bit bit more of the picture of uh what was going on I take it you did you did figure out what the flashbacks were about and how they related to the to the main campaign uh, I'll say no if, uh, <laughs> well, one if there was something that we were supposed to have thought out <laughs> I think one was showing Sadefka with the simulacrum and how the vampire was his name um, got hold of the simulacrum Mm. So the, the so the first well the first flashback scenario was the eighteen ninety three the blood red fez, mm-hmm. um, so that 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 one doesn't really have a direct impact on the um, well, no that's that's not entirely true it does involve uh, the elder Macriat um, and the Brotherhood of the Skin. Um, some of the other villains, um, and that's supposed to be a. I realized I realized very early on when I when I was running the scenario. So I I actually listened to the part of the um, the very first session today earlier on today, and if you if you remember that far back, I introduced um, Professor Smith as a sort of you know he was a. He was a, a scientist and a, and a rationalist and um, debunked things. Unfortunately, when I when I sort of set that scene, I forgot that that kind of contradicts the the flashback in eighteen ninety three, where it turns out that uh, the professor knows about various aspects of the mythos and <laughs> has has fought it before. Oh well, mm-hmm. let's let's just let's just plaster over that and carry on. Um, that's why I was so confused for the rest of the sessions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happened with the with the fest? Did we destroy it? I, I don't remember. That's a good question. Um, I believe you did. Um, no, we didn't destroy it. It took over one of our characters. Oh, well, there you go. And he went and killed the rest of us. I think my character was the only one who survived. <laughs> uh, 
but the fez that's so that was an, that would be an interesting one to see how that comes how that which you're saying it doesn't but whether that would have affected the yeah professor puts on fez captain shoots it off professor puts on second oh <laughs> uh, yes yeah. that's right transfer stuff yeah. yep yeah game over mm. that was that was pretty fun <laughs> Again, that doesn't doesn't really affect the rest of the game. Um, you know, the, the, it's it's left unknown what happens, and and we didn't really run into it uh, again. No. Would there was there anywhere to find any of those red fezzes in the actual? No, no, it doesn't timeline. No, <laughs> huh. um, I suppose the the scenario assumes that you will destroy it successfully. That's <laughs> silly. <laughs> yeah, those those ones were quite difficult to run actually. So the um um the scenarios where you're sort of travelling on the train and they're supposed to be somewhat sandboxy and, and there are there are other passengers on the train and you can interact with them. I found those among the most difficult to run. Um, I don't think I particularly did a did a great job at fleshing out the other the other NPCs. You know, you, you know that they're not going to hang around for for that long and I probably didn't didn't do as well in that aspect of things. Um they often end up just being you know cardboard cutouts that that just exist in the scene or they they wander along when they're when they're required so i i found i find that found that very difficult to run um yeah it seems those are are um tough because we often you know, we sort of interact with them when when necessary, and then the rest of the time we pretend there's nobody else on the train anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Go about our business. Yeah, yeah. It's it's also yeah. You have to. I think you have to pulp it up a bit when you're when you're running something like this. Um, if you if if you ran it as written and with some of the the advice they give, things like uh, you know border checks and. Um, not being able to to carry weapons and um it, it makes it makes it very hard for i think anyone to stay alive um <laughs> and also some of the so just some of the less interesting aspects of the scenario you know you're you're given what is it a thousand pounds at the beginning of the scenario and then we just don't consider money again for the rest of it i i right some some there are some suggestions that you know players should keep track of it, and it becomes more important as time goes on. But I find that that's just not interesting, is it? That's not really what you want to to be dealing with. Um, yeah, that would be pretty so tedious think, but, if we were having to keep our accounting books the entire. Uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and then all the, all we, the sort of what sorry? did we use it for? Uh, hotel rooms, food, and bribes. I think that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose there is there is the there were a couple of points weren't there in the in the scenario where the social rules failed and you just 
bring out a wadge of banknotes and that gets everyone's tongues wagging again. But um, yeah, but if you don't get the something going, then then you don't have a story. So yes, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, it is good to push. I think it's good to push to have different ways of solving problems from time to mm-hmm. time. Um, what else was it guys? Just, just mechanically, it was, it was interesting actually. We, um, we, we used a lot of luck. Um, I, I think in in some cases you were you were very eager to burn luck. <laughs> <laughs> um, we didn't really have that many pushed rolls. I can't. I don't think we used mm. that option as much. I think your default was always to either burn luck or, ah. Uh, I failed. I think it's so hard to actually work out. I, you know, when you're pushing it, you're meant to come up with a scenario that gives you a reason to push it. And yes, it's really yeah. hard. Yeah, well, and a, a failure. You're supposed, mm-hmm. you know, you need to come up with the uh, the bad failure as well. But I think I think part of the problem, at least with me, with push rolls is it seems like the kind of thing I'd only want to do if I have like a seventy or eighty percent. You know, if it's I feel like it's something I should have passed, yeah. Then I'm I'm willing to push it. But if I have a twenty percent or a ten percent chance of doing something and the consequences of pushing are horrible, right? You know, it just doesn't seem worth it. What did you think of the the experiment where I sort of I kept uh, hit points hidden from you? I loved it. That was great. I, yeah, yeah. I particularly liked it um, coming when uh, Jean Paul came out of the hospital, mm-hmm. and I had no idea <laughs> of of where he was in his. You know, I knew he wasn't fully healed, and that was about it. Mm. <laughs> so I was like, well, I don't know. Well, I think it makes it a lot, lot more, I don't know, realistic. You, I guess you can uh, maybe connect with the characters better because, in, you know, real life, you don't know. You don't have a health cage on your wrist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, these days it seems like most people do. <laughs> but uh, I thought it was interesting, you know. It was nice getting the... The feedback from you is like, well, you can, can't take another one of those, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. I I I like that aspect. I think it, I think it, it it works well in this kind of game where you, know, you, you don't want the players to be thinking, oh, well, I've got I've got seven hit points. Yes, I'll 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 stay and fight. Um, <coughs> it does have a mean a lot more work and bookkeeping for uh, the keeper, but. Okay. I, would be, I would be tempted to use that again. Um, so that was something you came up with, or is that something they recommend in the scenario? I I do not remember. I I, I think it's something I came up with. Possibly, uh, you know, I read a suggestion somewhere else mm-hmm. on on some forum at some point, but I I, I honestly don't remember. Um, I don't believe it's it's in the book. Uh, it's certainly not a suggestion that the campaign makes.
Yeah, so I think with with respect to, to seventh edition rules, the most confusing thing and and the, the the bit I least like about the rules are chase sequences. <laughs> um, oh. We only had a couple, and I, I wasn't particularly happy with any of them. Um, <laughs> I don't particularly like running them. Um, well, I thought it worked pretty well from from being a part of the chase scene. That one with yeah. Elsa in Italy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it seems like there's a, a lot of, either a lot of, high-level improv or a lot of prep that would have to go into, um, you know, in terms of coming up with what the obstacles are at each location. And it yes, seems like yeah. a stressful thing to try to make up on the fly. Yeah, I think if you know there's a, a big chase coming up and you can plan things out a bit, that, that will always help. But, Yeah. Yeah, I feel like chases often pop up when you're not necessarily expecting them. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask all of you guys, um, I wanted to ask you in turn, actually, which was your which was your favorite character to play? Hmm. Now, Edwin, you have a grand choice of two, so right. <laughs> I, I going to assume for you it was Jean-Paul, just because... Uh... It, it, it was, although I, what I liked about Jasmina is that she had such a strong tie and such yeah. a sort of revengeful, like, like she had a reason for, for pushing hard, um, and that's, that's always kind of fun. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely... Enjoyed uh, Jean Paul Plenty during the uh, <laughs> during the game. I have to say, from a from a continuity perspective, when we when we got to about uh, if you if you look at the timeline, you look at about there's 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 a number of cliffs where where a large portion of the party either goes insane or uh, or uh, gets killed. So there's there's that that first one at about session twenty eight. Um, what was that? Was that that? That must have been the the tr- was that the train, um, the fight with the um, with the duke? Yes, um, and so that actually yes, no, that 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 basically put three players out of uh, three characters out of action, and then of course the caves at session forty eight that had to be my absolute favourite session, <laughs> just in terms of pure carnage. Um, that that was that was amazing. Uh, from my perspective, um, there, from there, a there continuity perspective, <laughs> so there were two capes. Um, the 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 one with the um, the head, I believe it was the head of the simulacrum, and the, and the vampires, uh, and the vampires. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So session okay. session forty eight. It's the one where uh, you basically all failed your sanity rolls and turned on each other and. Um, mm-hmm. Leave it ended with, with the Kerr yeah. uh, smashing in the head of uh, of Zelda, um, mm-hmm. and so it was. It's actually nice to have to have this. You know, if if everyone dies, it's 
what do you do then? I mean, okay, you're supposed to tell your players to prepare backups and um, keep continuity in mind, but it's very hard to come back from that. It's, it was nice to have Jean-Paul in the background. He was, I believe, in, in hospital at that point. Um, and probably Lloyd as well. And Lloyd, of course. Lloyd stayed around forever. Um, <laughs> mainly mainly due to avoiding all the... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I know. I just happened to. The simulacrum guard duty was surprisingly uh, safe. That's right. Most of the time. Um, so, Randall, what 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 character would you say was your favorite? Sevi, yeah, yeah, the first one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the I I had problems with um, with the very low lock. Empowered, you know that um, the man servant had, uh, the Henry had. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He had only like twenty five or something, so it got me in <laughs> well, trouble a lot of time. Yeah, but it was also fun playing playing Henry, you know. Um, but yeah, seventy. Um, I, I created somebody using the rules. Even the name is is, is random from the from the table they oh, provide really? on the yeah yeah. That explains a few things. Yeah. So yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was that was, that was good. Um, the one of the most stressful sessions. Was when I was left alone guarding the simulacrum, and they came to the hotel. Mm. But I needed to move the yeah. the simulacrum around, and at the end they got me on the yeah. on the way out. And that was Henry. Yeah. That part was that session was really cool. Okay, what about Max? Ah. Uh, it's really hard to choose between uh, Hugo and um, and uh, Jan. What's her? No, Elsa? no, Elsa. 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 Yeah. She. I think uh, she was involved in some of the more action-packed mm. scenes, mm. Um, like when we finally had had enough and took the fight to the cultists. <laughs> yeah, I suppose Hugo Hugo survived quite a long time, but spent a, a a long period out of action. Right, and just to come back, and I think one or two sessions in, after coming back, was killed. Yeah, yeah. Six. But it was good times. Uh, I I think the most fun I had though. Was was with Elsa during Italy. I think that was that was a really fun, action-packed time, especially around the the clock tower. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and you really played, got to play up her personality a lot too, which was fun. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. That was a that was a character you came up with a, as a backup. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah. a 
there were uh, there were a few. Yeah, let's let's pull someone out of the hat. Oh look, is a colonel. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I definitely created her by just thinking. Well, what's something that'll be fun? It's in the book, but probably no one would usually create. Mm-hmm. And high class prostitute. Yeah. So yeah, that worked, was fun. Very well. Yeah. So you Actually, have the you have the record as the uh, largest number of investigators. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> but uh yeah, that that was she was really fun. Actually I have a question about Baba Yaga. And oh, uh, yeah, if yeah, that yeah. ever show if that would ever show up again. I know we yes, encountered actually. her once. Yeah. Um so so after the um on the, on the way back, on the journey back, so you've 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 acquired all the pieces, you you're ra- oh, no, sorry, you, you you've acquired all the pieces and had them taken away. Um you're racing back in order to try and stop Macriat and um that that session that or that scenario where you're where you're winding your way back through Europe involves um all these other sort of uh antagonists popping up again and, and, and saying hello. Um and, and there's this there's meant to be the section where Baba Yaga does turn up. You see the um you see the the uh, the chicken you know, the leg hut, house the hut the chicken leg hut and it's sort of sat outside or, or following the train uh, as you as you go along and then she actually turns up to dinner and uh, and and she just sits down at another table and she stares at you and really tries to unsettle you and doesn't actually act against you in any way um but you sort of might get get a bit disturbed and leave and and then she just appears um in in front of you as you try to go back to your to your cabin and the the idea there is that actually she's um you are protected by the the iron in in the rails so as you as you go along on the train that is giving you protection um so she can't actually act directly against you there's a nice little bit to, to unsettle people. However, in 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 that um, uh, chapter where you, you were trying your best to destroy the train, um, <laughs> which really wouldn't have worked well for you if you had a, if you had a, uh, you know, delayed sufficiently, your bodies would have decayed into um, into nothingness. Yes. Yeah, so I I had to think. Okay, I've got to I got to I got to got to get this train moving again. Um, but the 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 idea of the train, uh, you know, a, a some cultists sneak onto the train and they 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 cast a ritual that transforms the train. That's that's in the scenario. Um, the idea of sort of um, putting this this ghostly fog around you, like this this strange tunnel through time and space, was 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 my own just to keep you on the damn train because I knew if if I know otherwise you would be trying to fling yourself from the train or. Well, us avoid the whole plot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yes, I, th- I thought you did quite well in in damaging the train. Okay, I've got to I've got to do something here. A uh, question for you: How much did we avoid in um, 
what's it called, uh, in um, Constantinople? Oh, most of it. um let's 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 get to that i think we should we should uh i want to know who who, who jim's favorite gypsy was yeah yeah well we've got we've got we've got gary and jim so uh gary you have you have only three characters so uh, i'd have to say i really loved the father Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um father stewart i thought he was great unfortunately he died fairly early on um and i enjoyed lloyd as well I mean, he got to survive for quite a bit. Of the of the two, which one would you say then? Is your favourite? Probably in the end, probably Lloyd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Jim, Jim, you had some memorable ones. Um. So. Tomas is probably at the bottom of the list just because I, he wasn't around for that long <laughs> and and didn't really do much that was too memorable, I think. Yeah. Um, Tomo was interesting, you know, as since he was just, you know, one of the generic policemen, he was you know, just kind of generic, but I think mm-hmm. he I think he had enough motivation um, and plot relevance to make him interesting. Yeah. Especially uh, right at the end there. <laughs> yeah, that was that was cool. that was incredible. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really sympathise with Tomer at the end because I'm thinking, yeah, you know, he's 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 being reasonable, and the others are murdering him in cold blood. <laughs> I thought he was. I thought he was being completely reasonable for, you know, for what he had seen and what he had done, and yep, and the others are just nope, you're dead. <laughs> Yeah, I, I did think that we could have stopped, um, <laughs> stopped trying to murder you when we had prevented you, when we had either prevented you or you had, I mean, after you'd done what you had done, I, I wasn't sure why, why you ended up getting killed. I think it was Omri who, who just straight up shot yep. you in the back. No, yeah. no. Henry didn't even get a hit point he missed out of three times. Yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, but he tried. He tried. He's the yeah. one that, that fired first. It was all Randall and, uh, and Gary. They were, yeah. they were, out, they were <laughs> out for blood, man. Um, it, was, it was the simulacrum. It, 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 it wanted to fulfill its destiny and uh, yep, corrupted be, them completely. Um, Zelda, was, Zelda was a lot of fun to play. Uh, she was cool. Mm-hmm. I liked her. Um, my favorite though was Mihai. Mihai, mm-hmm. Mihai yeah. was just a blast um, you know, because he was just, you know, with his his intelligence and his education being so low. <laughs> you know, it just it it allowed me the opportunity to just blunder him into situations that. You know, as a as a as a player, you know, like, well, there's no way. I mean, you know, but yeah, just yep, let's go do that. And uh, so, yeah, he was he was my favorite. He was a lot of fun. Yeah, he's still still out there somewhere. Exactly, exactly, and he survived. He survived. <laughs> so. Trouble. All right? Didn't you say uh, creating his own little cult to Athaqua? Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, the 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 father, Father Ferrero. I, I realize he's one of the players that went permanently insane did he just he might just got carted off to an asylum somewhere he might still be relatively Ooh, safe that's true um, that's true <laughs> maybe I he's in... 
So it would have, I guess, sanity loss from the um, from the fight on the train. It's where Elsa died, and um, Lloyd. No, not not Lloyd. Um, uh, Mihai. Okay. Was that? Oh, that no, was no. That... Wait a second. Wait no, a second. No. Wait a second. Yeah, I thought Elsa wasn't Elsa. Didn't I get shot when we attacked the cultists up in the mountains? Ah, yes, that's right. So Mihai has at this point gone insane from the medallion and wandered off. Yes, I'm I'm confusing this from it was it was it was when the father died. That's right. That was actually relatively early on, session nine. Um, You're talking about Father Father Stewart. Father Stewart. Yes, yeah. you got yeah. And so I'm just looking at this timeline, and I've I've, I've lost yeah. track of when things are. Okay, so so that Stewart was killed by by the Duke, right? Yeah, it was the one that yeah. was set on fire. Yeah, he was the one who basically threw the fake scroll out the window, and the Duke burnt him alive. Right, and then he said, "Oh, because there's the hospitalization there as well, isn't there?" That's that's right. So yeah. it wasn't actually Hugo didn't die; he was just right. I was in the hospital, yeah. and that's when Elsa came in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Mihai. Well, I, I have to say, as as the keeper, my favorite character was Zelda. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, she was great. I think I that was my favorite character of Jim's for sure. Yeah. I have to say too. the scene of Zelda taking on what was the creature? Yes. The, oh, yeah. The, the beast. Um, the, just that, that, destroying the, it was that, amazing. Yeah, the the gorilla beast thing. Yeah, that 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 one fight made me question the uh, the structure of the seventh edition combat. <laughs> 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 yeah, Be, being able yeah. to essentially attack you know multiple times in in the same round. You know, I mean, because functionally that's what it, you know fighting back is, right? So yes. Yep. You know, that, I mean, yep. that's that's what did it. That it it was, yep. you know, in a well that and getting really lucky on the roll. Oh, you had a pretty high knife skill, though. Yeah, it was like seventy. Or, you know, it was like eighty or ninety percent, something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. But I think, I think... look up the um, I'm going to look up the statistics of the thing that you would have. Faced I think you there. rolled pretty lousy. I think John yeah. rolled pretty lousy, and then mm-hmm. just one of those freaks uh, of nature. Uh, where was that? Which that was. Uh, it was either Vinkovici. Yes, I think it was, must have been Vinkovici. Um, so the creature you fought. <laughs> I just, I just realised something here. I've just, look at the statistics. That creature should have had two attacks per round. <laughs> so you could have fought back. Now twice. I don't. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure if I played it as having two attacks per round. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty. No, I'm pretty sure you didn't. So that may explain it. Um, yeah. So this this thing has has 21 hit points, um, which is obviously relatively high. It has it has a. It doesn't have a, a built-in armor, but it's it's listed as taking half damage from firearms. So the fact you were fighting with a knife was was good in this case. Um, it's well, it was base... It also wasn't just a knife at that point. It was 
The Mimsahis, right? Was it? Yeah, it was the Mimsahis. Yeah. <laughs> ah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that that certainly acts in your in your favour. Um, so the the creature itself doesn't have particularly great fighting statistics. So it's it's uh, fifty for its basic um, attacks, but it does one d six with the claw, and it has a damage bonus of plus two d six. But I think Ooh. it just got so so few hits on you um now that 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 would have changed quite a lot if i if i had done two attacks per round yeah um well and 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 you would have been you would have had a disadvantage for the second attack because you can only fight back once so yeah that that thing should have killed you oh well probably yeah i I guess you know i guess kind of my you know my comment on that is you know as i mentioned earlier is that it it feels like there's a piece missing you know, in the ability to fight back, and if you win the fight back, then you take no damage but get to do extra damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it it feels well, that that be, works both ways, right? I mean, if, if well, it, it had fought back when you tried to knife it, it could have killed you in the very first. Well, it it does, but it brings up but it brings up the question: Why would you ever dodge? You know, because That's most easy. because it's most characters well. <laughs> I I've, I don't think I none of my characters all of their characters fighting skill was higher than their dodge. Yeah, but so. I think for fight back you have to beat the opponent, whereas for dodge you just have to tie it. That's correct. Yeah, hmm. yeah. So you need you need a higher degree of success to successfully uh, fight back. But I think it's, it's true that, a... that that part of the goal was to shorten combat. Mm-hmm. And and so having the having everybody always fighting back all the time means that most of the time somebody is taking damage. Yeah, yeah. It it just I don't know. It just it just it seems like you know my my suggestion would have been that you know if you if you dodge and you succeed, okay, you take no damage from the from the attack. Great, <coughs> perfect. But if you fight back, then if you fight back and fail, then yeah, you take damage because you got hit. If you fight back and succeed, then both characters take damage, right? Because you're like hitting as you get hit, you know that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so th- that's the risk you take, right? You're you might be inflicting more damage, but you're also going to take whatever damage, you know, because you're not trying to get out of the way. You're trying to get in a hit as you're being hit. I guess that would have been. I don't know. That just seems yeah. something. Right, I, I guess something that makes I was sense. No, I mean it seems like a I mean, sword fighting. I mean, sort of a parry repost would be fighting back, as opposed to just sort of trying to jump out of the way would be a dodge. And either either way, your goal would be to avoid getting hit. I mean, unless you're really being a dumb fighter. <laughs> true enough. True enough. So anyway, yeah, mm. but yeah, they but they were both they were both a lot of fun, both Mihai and yep. and Zelda. Also having, I think having the the Mimsahis is a, you know, it's 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 a pretty damn effective <laughs> as a weapon. It 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 ignores armor completely. Um, also, however, drives you quite insane. So you were you were kind of doomed from the moment you picked it up and started using it. Um, <laughs> I have to say, I really weird. liked uh, Jim's. Gypsy technique for continuity in <laughs> his backup characters. I will definitely use that. Yeah, that, that was my plan from the very beginning. That's why I created Tomas. I figured, well, 
when he dies, you know, there will be a gypsy family. Oh, all yes. No matter where <laughs> we go not, in your there will be there will be some kind of extended family floating around somewhere. Yeah, it was always a when, not an if. <laughs> my, only, my only regret with Zelda is that she never got to practice her human skinning skill that she learned. Yes, yes. <laughs> it would have, would have been nice for her to. I could I couldn't quite work that in. I couldn't quite work mm. that into. Uh... <laughs> I got her thinking about it, but I couldn't quite <laughs> work that into actually doing it. I had a question, if I may ask. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in is it Venice the um, where we encountered the 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 couple who were like oh we yes. love each other but blah 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 and we want to get away and we're like well here we'll help you get away no 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 we can't do that we got and we just left them. <laughs> <laughs> oh right, the ones that were gonna get married that were yeah, yeah. yeah. and we're like, yeah, yeah. okay, sure. What's, Later. Well, uh, I mean, it, I mean, I, I don't know. As a, as a player, it was incredibly frustrating. Like, okay, yes, we'll help you. Uh, no, we don't want you to help us like that. We want you to help us this way, because presumably because that's the way that the scenario was written. I don't. I, <laughs> I, it, you're going to have to remind me what. What you wanted to do and what I said. Well, she, no. Uh, what was it? That they they wanted they wanted to. They get, wanted us to they go wanted, to a wedding on an island or something. Yeah, they they wanted they wanted to you know their their goal their apparently goal what they said was you know they wanted to escape to get out of the city to get away from was it her father oh, or something who was opposed to it was to her it? it was her father yeah. like some yeah. someone's friend some some fascist that had a bunch of guys and he was in yeah. love with yeah. her and wanted yeah. him yeah. to marry her instead but, of the guy she was marrying yeah but then so the, refused to leave until like something completely stupid or trivial or yeah, it was yeah, her yeah. father's funeral i believe right right <laughs> yeah so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes you, you 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 meet her on the train to venice and yeah. she's returning because her father has died. So you, you you first meet her. She's weeping. She's sobbing. Oh, papa, papa. She clutches a, a locket and a lace handkerchief. Um, Stagliani. Yes. So if you get involved and go and help her, you you so your your initial interaction with her is probably rescuing her from the 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 bunch of fascists that try to meet her at the station and and right. abduct her. Right. Yeah, and there's this whole there's this whole subplot with the um, sort of fascist leader in in Venice, Alberto Rossini, who is a, 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 a ugly foul man who wants to, of course, marry Maria and take her off and do unspeakable things, um, and. I believe the the whole sort of subplot there is that she obviously wants to attend her father's funeral. Um, da, 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 da. What have you got? You are contacted by the uh, Giorgio Gasparetti, the the um, young woman's lover, suitor. Um, he believes that Maria's father was murdered by the, the black shirt thugs um, on order of 
Rossini so that he can actually marry Maria. Um, meanwhile, you're sort of you've got the, the more important task of finding the simulacrum. Uh, you head to the Gramanchi doll factory. Um, da, 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 da. Did you actually go to the funeral? No, we did. No, we didn't. Yeah, there you go. Because so, that that was that was the whole point. You know, we we yeah. we we had a very efficient. You know, it was yeah. like, oh, you know, help us get out. Okay, let's do this. No, 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 no. If you want to help us, you have to do this, 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 and this. And we're just like, why? Yeah, I believe the my my it question was, was, is she didn't she didn't want to leave there? until after the funeral, right? Um, yeah. And we didn't want to get distracted from. We didn't want to get around. Involved <laughs> yeah. In that. The point. Yeah. 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 So my memory is we took some sand loss that when we read in the headlines or that we we learned that she had whatever. I feel like there was some like negative consequence to our abandoning her. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I think. But I didn't write anything in the notes. Yeah. Well, I, I you, certainly didn't you... feel bad about it because you know we tried. <laughs> no. We said no. You know. Yeah. So, well. Whatever, yeah. but I, I guess my question is: I mean, is is that is it as tacked on and superficial to the main plot line as it feels, or I, I don't I don't see a motivation why any group of player characters would get involved with that and you know and waste the time spinning off into that direction, you know, unless they were you know I guess you know unless they were you know really were just well let's just go do everything that shows up that we can do. Yeah, I, I guess, I guess that that that's how it does come across to the players. Um, it there's 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 several points, aren't there, where you're sort of oh look, there's there's extra plot that you could go and investigate and 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 take time out from your main task. Um, I think the I think the intention of the whole sort of Venice scenario is you've got, you've got these two different, the, 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 the scenario, the chapter is called death and love in a gondola. And I think the, the, the two themes are you've got, you've got death, you've got the, the simulacrum and the, uh, the, 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 the effect that's having on the city. And then you've got love, you've got the, the young lovers and, and, yeah, I, uh, I readily admit it's not. It's not the most compelling, is it? You, you don't have that. Now that's uh, and and I have a question there on that same scenario, is where Elsa and Mihai, I think, they discover the vampire on the. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, we in, the, in the like clock tower, right? When we found. Yeah, yeah in the yep. clock tower. Yeah. Now, yeah. and it started. Following Elsa, if I recall correctly, but yeah, she saved it saved me from that right. guy who was going to abduct me. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and um, was I'm guessing was a cultist. It, it is the same vampire, right? That the that you know kills the mayor, that rip, rips off the mayor's head. Is it the same one? Yes. Yes. So that Fenelic. is that is Fenelic. Okay. okay. And what do you what do you know of Fenelik from from the rest of the scenario? He was that German dude that campaign. had that basement of horrors, right? 
basement he's, he is the one that triggers you know he's the one to trick us into in one of the flashbacks as well mm-hmm. he was on one of the boats right with the lepers and he ran away at the end yeah he was, so, yeah. He was the he was the leper that we were supposed to bring the whatever it was that we were looking for to because he was correct correct was was that before he became a vampire i guess was that his kind of origin no, story no no he was, you okay. you he you know the origin story because you know exactly who became a vampire yeah he was our boss remember it was tilius corvus in oh, right. Constantinople in 330 AD. Right. That, right. that is the origin of Fenelik. So there's there's a little bit right at the end of that scenario um, where it mentions that... Da, 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 da. Oh, we've got the accounts to this corvus. Um they uh, since embraced the name given to him by fearful Turkish peasants in the 4th and 5th century when he rampages across Turkey and Hungary. They refer to the mysterious murder using their word for unclean, evil, sick, and brutal. Fenelik. Okay, um, now now that's the same as Count Fenelik. Correct, yep. In So going, going into France. the... Yes. So then you have in... in 1204, the the one where you are crusaders um, uh, uh, and the fourth crusade uh, you recover successfully the simulacrum from Sedefka so that right. scenario is the sort of the defeat of Sedefka and you obtain the simulacrum unfortunately right at the end Benelik in his um Guys, as the leper monk makes off with the pieces, and that's sort of the last you hear about him until he emerges again much later. So then, after after Fenelik um, obtained the simulacrum, he 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 used it and he he became you know, quite powerful. Um, and survived all the way up until the French Revolution. Um, and then in the chaos there, he was um, defeated and war- uh, sort of walled up, bricked up into a, into a dungeon um, where he, you know, without having blood to feed on, he was still a vampire. Um, he sort of withered away and became became quite quite insane. And in the sort of the modern day scenario, well, nineteen twenty three, um, this was discovered. It was at the asylum, um, mm-hmm. right. Sharanton Asylum, um, sealed and forgotten in a cellar. Uh, he sort of. That's uh, the scenario says. Well, his body lay on cold stone, mechanically consuming spiders, slugs, snakes, or rats that crept too close to his awful gaping mouth. Um, and it was the it was the doctor. Um, so yes, yeah, so there's this whole sort of subplot in the in the asylum. What was actually going on there? I don't, I don't remember how much you you figured out about this, but um, you had. Um, Martin Guimard, he was a, a nurse 
um, employed at the asylum and he was he was a rather nasty man he um he would take the patients each night to his underground lair where he as the scenario says sexually assaulted them and then returned them to the ward so he was he was a very nasty man and he he was the one who discovered Fenelik. so he, he he noticed a glint of gold in a bricked up doorway and he he um came back with a crowbar and he he broke through into Fenelik's um prison uh and yeah that's when he was attacked by the vampire and with the the fresh blood from from the nurse was able to return to to relative health of course over the over the years he's he's gone completely and utterly yeah i i don't recall exactly you, you know there were not enough clues for us to to realize that i think uh, i don't think so no. part no, no. Because uh, all we got was his death, you know, this yes. death, yeah. Yeah, I, I never realized that, that that's actually kind of interesting, that the vampire was, the whole through line there, I I never picked up on that at all. Mm. I, I, I was just kind of ignoring the vampire, because, you know, okay, <laughs> whoop, there's a vampire, okay, great, then he's gone. I, yeah, I, right, I yeah. never connected it to, you know, any other piece, uh, well, okay. You know, it's, prob- it's probably the same vampire for <laughs> reasons that make no sense that I don't get or understand. Okay, whatever, fine, I'll just forget about him again. You know, so. so he's returned, and then his motivation is, I've got to get the simulacrum back. Um, because he's, right. he's completely hideously deformed, and he needs the simulacrum to return, uh, return his skin to the way it was before. So that's his motivation. And, and so both... Both Macriat, um, at the very beginning, who sends you off on the chase, and Fenelik, they they observe you and they realise you're gonna you're gonna you know you're gonna go around and get all these pieces for me, and then I'll just come along at the end and take them away. So, at this point, you've, you've got you've got Fenelik who's who's pursuing you, and um, he can be used as a way to get investigators out of uh, you know hopeless situations um, mm, I see uh, when he saved Elsa exactly, right. exactly when he saved Elsa and I think there was a bit where he so at various points he he, he sort of crept into your into your room and um, you know would take the pieces of the simulacrum out and, and, and caress them and I think there was there was one bit where he he has arranged uh, he, he breaks into your room and he actually he kills oh. someone who's trying to steal the simulacrum from you, some some local cultist, and he then arranges the pieces of the simulacrum on the bed, and where oh, yeah, missing right. pieces, he puts the pieces of the of the cultist. Yep, um, right, mm-hmm. that's true. I remember that part. Yeah, and, I don't remember. And, I, I don't think yeah, we, we ever we never figured out who did it though. Right, no, right. No, we, it was just we, somebody we was, was killed. And some mysterious person has arranged it. No, I think we, we, we thought it was a vampire because of uh, the drain blood. There was some drain blood as well, right? Uh, of the cultist? Yeah. Well, that would have been a good assumption then. 
<laughs> but yeah, I think you know, I sort of, I didn't, I didn't want to make it too obvious. I thought it was nice to keep. It's nice to keep some unknown bits. Um, but yes, I think, I think you're supposed to, by doing the flashback scenarios, eventually have enough to 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 piece this together. And um, now, yeah, the what was never clear to me is why the um, the temper you know, turn into the vampire in the first place. Because uh, we, I remember that there was, you know, we, we went to this cave and there were some vampire uh, type of creatures and uh, we killed them, we kind of uh, managed to kill the cult and then we went back to the city, you know, as heroes and and he killed us. He killed us when, when, when yeah. he turned into Fenelik the first time. So the uh, the scenario, or the chapter, is uh, Sanguis Omnia Vincet. Um, and it's it's quite specific about this. So as, as a keeper, you have to ensure that the... Um, uh, the cult leader, Unwin, is killed by Corbus. So he has to have the, the final killing blow. Um, and if you recall, when he sort of plunges his spear in or, or whatever it is, stabs him through the chest with a sword and sort of pulls it out, there's just this eruption of blood. I mean, far more blood than should naturally be in a human body. And Corvus is soaked by it, and that is when he yep. he becomes. I do hurt. remember that. So he sort mm -hmm. of he he falls unconscious. You have to take him back, and he's he's then you know nursed back to health over many months. But at that point, he is cursed. He he has become the vampire. Mm. Okay. So the uh, it's it's. It's the story about the origin of Fenelik, um, and he... Okay, so you've got... Um, blah, 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 blah. You don't really necessarily find this out in, 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 the, in the scenario, do you? But um, the, there's a cult led by Unwin, who's this escaped Gothic slave, and he worships uh, an avatar of Nyarlathotep, known as the Skinless One. And they have been granted a um, a disease, the Valerian Plague, by the Skinless One, and so they are heading around infecting people with that. And that's the that's the the disease that sort of makes your skin fall off, and then you turn into these horrific monsters. Um, so, as that's the nice. characters, you 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 successfully uh, stop the plague by by killing him. But unfortunately, at that point, Corvus is cursed. That's that's good. That's very cool, actually. <laughs> um, another question. Uh, let me think. Oh, the Duke. When we were on the yes. yeah. So the the whole plot with the Duke. Um, we get getting off the the train when he killed the the father, right? We we never uh, saw him again till the end. 
But mm-hmm. I remember that when we got into the, um, we got into his store or whatever it was that he had, uh, we drank something and we moved into the Dreamlands. Uh, what was the Dreamlands or the parallel universe where he was kind of the, the mayor? That wasn't yes. the Duke, though, whose shop we were in. That was that other guy. Macriat. Right. but the one of the Team Lacrum pieces was one of the in one the, of the bears, the guy that had so, the brother. we've got a couple of yeah. things. Couple of things going on. Here. We've got we've got Lausanne, so sort of one of the the earlier sessions. It's straight after um, uh, Paris, actually. So there, I believe we had the we did the sort of the blood red fez in between that but then yes you go on to lausanne and that's where you meet um uh edgar wellington uh and he is trying to sell you a a scroll um which you believe may be one of the sedefka scrolls and so he has the shop you visit edgar's shop oh right and and that's because he wrote the letter to the doctor the in France. In Paris, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you go along to there, and what's what's going on here is you've got you've got the Duke de Ession. So he is, um, unfortunately for everyone, a sort of rather old sorcerer. Um, he he sort of okay. Here you go. The Duke Duke is the last in a long line of boorish French aristocrats. Uh, he was a weak and sickly child, the culmination of centuries of intermarriages, and in adulthood he is decadent and degenerate. Um, so it turns out he's he's, um, he's he's not a character created for the scenario. He is he is um, he, he exists in in other works. So um, there is, I believe, various short novels about him. Not strictly sure if he's sort of part of the mythos per se, but maybe we can look that up. <coughs> yes, so there is the French novel Arabour um, that concentrates on the character of Duke Jean de Essiant. Um, I don't think it's necessarily supernatural in its. Uh, anyway, I'll base something into the into notes about that. But obviously, that's been taken, and then they have turned him into um, a sorcerer. So he he learns of the brothers of the skin. Uh, he actually joins the cult. Um, he gets knowledge from Selim Makriat, who's the the leader of the cult, and then he, you know, he 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 learns the spells. He's able to replace parts of his flesh with parts of others, and that's 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 sort of the main thing that, that the brothers of the skin do. They they have these spells that allow them to transplant healthy organs from healthy people into into sick and dying people and so they they use this to uh you, know, you 
get people on their side and and with without this magic they're they're going to die so they're they're, they're able to uh obviously do rather well out of that um so yes he he the duke now continues to to study the mythos he learns of the the dreamlands um but he sort of he finds a a dream world that's not not the dreamlands but something somewhat related to it and then he he basically conquers this this alternate version of Lausanne and that's where he becomes uh the the prince or the jigsaw prince it's called the jigsaw prince because his body is sort of made of lots of different pieces um so you then uh come into the middle of this and so the the edgar wellington character is is basically trying to play the duke and you as the investigators off against each other trying to to bid up the price of the um the scroll um however he's he's trying he's planning to uh to to double cross both of you um and that's where why there's a fake scroll um he eventually gets gets kidnapped and taken to the dreamlands uh, and that's when you then have to try and enter and rescue him in order to find the scroll. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't sure I, I got all that on, on that scenario. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Were there a lot of places where you're given super strong direction of make sure this happens? Um... There, there. Obviously, you know, there's a couple of key scenes. There's, there's the, there's the original um, meeting with Macriat in in his guise as the professor. Uh, if if you don't attend that, um, and and you know, you're, you're he's he's um he's scarred from the fire, and and it's hard for you to tell. So. You know, if 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 a character did get a particularly good spot hidden role or a particularly good psychology role, you don't really want to let that derail the whole scenario. So you you just kind of have to play that as written. Um, there are there are obviously the what what do you then do if the players take the pieces of the simulacrum and throw them into a volcano? Um, right, right. Uh, it's encouraged to to make them not do that um uh, there are there's obviously taking the orient express so um you know you're, the players are encouraged to take the orient express but they don't have to they can they can arrange alternate transport and then they they miss out on various bits and pieces uh, there's a whole section at the at the end about what happens if they don't take the orient express back so they're not on the train with Macriat while he's changing into other people's skin and causing chaos um, but other than that there's, there's not really points where it has to go way. a certain way um, we made it easy for you we always got the Orient Express <laughs> yes yes yeah, it's convenient. There's there's always one kind of 
the, the scenario says there's always one passing through when the investigators want to leave. Uh, I don't think I, I quite <laughs> stuck to that. Um, but uh, the the historical Orient Express would only sort of run, you know, you only have like three trains a week. Um, whereas, yeah, every day, every day for us. <laughs> Well, you did have to, yeah, there were a few tense times that I thought you did well when you, we had to wait, mm-hmm. and it was interesting that we had to wait. And then when it wasn't interesting, there happened to be a train ready for us. Yeah, yeah. That seemed, that seemed pretty good. In the, uh, right at the very beginning, I had a train timetable. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, and that very quickly got discarded. <laughs> <laughs> um so let's see Lausanne, Milan, the Opera House, um, the Opera Singer. So she has had her her voice stolen. Did you did you figure out what was going on there? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. And then that was actually, I think, the clue that the cult thing was doing the the body part replacements. I mean, yeah. that was yeah. <clears throat> So, um, so the idea is there. The local cult leader uh, understands that you know the, the the superstition is if you if you sing along with the the soprano in the the main aria, then your your wish will come true. And so he he's rather determined to do this. So he actually steals the voice of the opera singer, um, and sure enough. For completely unrelated reasons, the um, the simulacrum is on stage at that point. Um, Venice, then you have the flashback. Uh, Trieste, so that was the the one with the medallion and uh, Johann Winkelmann. Did you figure out what was going on there? Oh. I don't think we did. That was one of the parts where we got, I think, entirely stumped. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the the, the medallion? Still pieces of uh, of people. Uh, all right, or uh, am I confused? So, not in Trieste. Trieste, there is a different cult. <laughs> um, that's the so Aqua no, cult. Yes, yeah, so that's the Loigo cultists, and. Um, they they basically so there's there's this this cult they are after the medallion the the medallion of Ithaca and basically any artifact that passes through that has even the slightest trace of magic or connection to the mythos they 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 take and they they take it to the caves and they present it to the to the creatures that live there and of course it's not what they're looking for and that is why the um, the the right leg has ended up there. It was recognized as an object of power. Oh, I remember it So now. it was taken yeah. there. Um, That's when... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, when we went to the caves at the yeah. end, and we finally got away. I, I don't remember how we got lucky, but Jim uh, and I got away. Just um, by running. <laughs> yeah. So yes, you've got you've got the ghost of uh, of uh, Winkelmann and his his sort of need requirement is to is to fulfil his his mission by conveying the medallion to the to the lawyer girl, 
Um, why did he want to do that? Oh, yes, so he was... Uh, uh, he came into contact with a Loigo colony near Regensburg, and he was compelled by them to carry the medallion to Adelsburg. Um, that is Postumia. And um, unfortunately, he was he was stopped in Trieste and murdered by another member of the Loigor cult who hoped to take the medallion and be the one to present it. Um, however, before his death, he had hidden the medallion. Right. Um, but his, his spirit cannot rest until the medallion is returned. So um, unfortunately, uh, that was when Mihai went insane and um, basically buggered off with it. Um, so you were not able to return it to the cavern. So one one option is you do take it to the cavern and you you sort of throw it into the water, and then you're pretty much just allowed to to leave with the leg. Um, uh, yeah. So uh, at the point where you're sort of almost there and uh, uh, have almost figured out what's going on, there are brothers of the skin um, after you. And so there's there's supposed to be this sort of bit where you're you're both hunting through the through the caves. I believe in the end I had um I had the the cultists who were following you get eaten. Yeah. Eaten, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um so at the end of that, um Yes, if you if you deliver the medallion, then then Winkleman is freed, and uh, you can sort of you realise this at the end. He he appears on the on the platform as you depart, and he has a look of peace on his face, and he fades away, and you you gain sanity. Um, she did not deliver the medallion. He presses up against the window as the train goes past, mouth open in a silent scream from the nightmare that will never end, and you lose sanity points. Um, and then, actually, on the on the return journey, you can you can be haunted by him again. <laughs> never, never got to do that. Uh, we had the the dream Zagreb. So that was the the other dream scenario you might have been thinking about. That's where you are you are delivered a wine, um, a rather fine oh, dinner. Uh, Yes, um, yeah. a bottle of Sautern. Uh That has been sent to you by the Jigsaw Prince. <coughs> he wants to uh, get a bit of revenge on you. Um, and yes, you then have this whole chase around. So, what's what's supposed to happen there is that each of the each of the different scenes you can you can uh, encounter in each of the different do you remember the handouts you you acquired in that um in that section? So, they should be in if you look in the Zagreb uh section, there is a whole folder full of the the ha- the the, the letters you can you can acquire and each of those represents one of the characters in the campaign who is either affected by or after the sedefka simulacrum I'll check that out 
And that's something we didn't get any of those, right? Um, I, uh, oh, we have the bottle of wine. You got you you got the bottle of wine. You you went to Zagreb. Well, maybe I was. Must have oh, that's right. Prepared. I was absent that. Yeah, I was absent that session. Right. That's right. I remember. You just may have had no clue what was going on and what they meant. <laughs> right. Right. Not especially yeah, clear. Yeah. So each of those, you know, represents a different character. Um, Vinkovici. So yes, that's the. Uh, that would be where you meet Jasmina, I believe. Um, Were we? Um, so it looks like we skipped Zagreb somehow. Let's see what happened. Or maybe that's just trainer eyes. Session thirty-one. Uh, yeah. So that, yeah, that arrives in Zagreb and we disembark. And what I've noticed, what I'm seeing is at the end of, maybe that was just a typo. I mean, uh, something I say, the night conductor knocks, announces it's 310, and the train arrives to Zagreb and apologizes as we want Vinkovici. Yes, uh, so the idea was you, you never wanted to get off at Zagreb. Ah, right, 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 right. Your next destination was Vinkovici. So uh, there's there's this entertaining bit here, actually. So you can you can realize this as players and you can refuse to get, get off. Don't, don't I don't want to get off. This is, um, this isn't my stop. And the conductor will apologize and, and you go back to bed. And then there's a knock on your door. It's three ten as the train arrives in Zagreb. Uh, <laughs> that uh, just yeah, keeps uh, on happening until you, you get off the damn train. Get off. <laughs> okay. And also, yes. Yeah, so, so you're supposed to to drink the wine, but uh, as the scenario is written, it, it doesn't matter. Even if you, even if the bottle is uncorked in your presence, uh, <laughs> it's magic has affected you. So that that is again one of those bits that's, that's it's going to happen this way. Yeah. yeah. Um, Vinci actually itself is is optional. So this this wasn't part of the original um, campaign. This is one of the new new ones uh, written by Oscar Rios. Um, but it's where the Mim Sahis is uh, available. So the Mim Sahis is new. Yes. And can you actually use it to destroy the? No, and uh, uh, I believe you tried that at, at some point. Mm-hmm. So you sort of have the, okay. I believe it was Zelda who maybe tried to do it. And and what you realize is that they're connected. They're meant to be together. And as you sort of pass it over the the surface of the simulacrum, that's when you understand just how easy it would be to skin a human. Ah, uh, Okay. <laughs> Um, so I think you figured out what was going on in Vinkovici. So the um, uh, the uh, Doctor Goran Belenzada, uh, Jasmina's father's friend, is the brilliant surgeon. He was the one who discovered the uh, Mim Sahis, um, or, or rather came into possession of it and when he went away to experiment with it he went insane as he realized when he sort of cut into flesh 
Um, it didn't necessarily kill the thing he was cutting into, and then he was able to create these these monstrosities. Um, and he was the one who killed Jasmina's father. Yeah, punk. We took him down now. Mm -hmm. um, oh, that's where we got beat up by the butchers, too. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fight, I think, where we had the, uh, the wrong end of the dice. <laughs> oh, yes. And we're stumped. <laughs> so then there was the flashback, the Tilius Corvus one, uh, Belgrade, Dr. Todorovic, and. What goes on here? Yeah. Oh, you didn't include our flashback characters in the... Uh... I did not, no. <laughs> <laughs> Should do that as well. Um, yeah, so it actually changes the, the number of sessions that you were active for, doesn't it? It's not entirely... Oh, that too. Yeah, right. well, maybe add that. If someone wants to do that, they can. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so you find, you get the, the clues of the collector in the forest, and you head out, and of course it's Baba Yaga. There's the bit of the subplot with the, with the gypsies there. That was a fun, a uh, fun, a fun little storyline. I like that one. Yeah. Oh yes, of course you get you get you get given the little um uh whistle that mm -hmm. uh well comes in comes in very handy indeed. <laughs> Without that you you don't have a lot of chance getting away from there. That that is one of those points where it's sort of uh it's pretty much written into scenario that an investigator will die. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rather lucky indeed to to avoid that. Um, and then that's the end of book three and book four. So you then have Sophia. Um, where you find the head. So da -da -da -da. And also somebody loses idols. Yes, yeah, that's that's again sort of written into the scenario. So someone someone has to have an eye plucked out by that. Um, and I believe there was a there was a luck roll, and whoever roll, yeah. fails that, yeah. yes, gets an eye plucked out. And then of course, yes, you can you can sort of it it goes slightly wrong, and you can now see out through the uh, the eye of the cultist. Right, that was Jasmina getting a little crazy there. Um, yeah, that went pretty much as written, except for the uh, 
the death at the end. So uh, the idea there is that Fenelik has has had enough, and he uh, is is so the, the the idol was at the university, and you did sort of interrupt it it being stolen, and so at that point it's the brothers of the skin. They they head off with their with the head, take it back to their their little hangout where they're going to have some kind of celebratory ritual. And that's why there's so many of them about. Um, but Fenelik is on their trail, and he gets to them first, and he's the uh, one who slaughters everyone in the cave. And that's why there's there's body pieces thrown everywhere, um, and there's even that final vision that Jasmina has of Fenelik rushing towards. Uh, the cultist on the other end and that's when it suddenly ends and the spell is broken um mm. so the 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 reason why do you remember the garlic that was placed on top of the head in the sort of yeah hidey hole? yeah so yeah, the yeah. cultists had realized what was going on and one of them was quick thinking and put it down there with some garlic so he needed, Fenelik needed us to, or somebody to take the garlic off and yeah. grab mm-hmm. the head. Um, but then at that point, some of the, the cultists have already risen. Ah, right. And you did quite badly there, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the, the end of this scenario is you on the train, and that's when Fenelik finally goes in for the attack. The simulacrum is together, and, and he was my second favorite character, the mayor. <laughs> I, I'm really sorry about that, Randall. I, you had hardly any time to play him. <laughs> Five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I do. My only decision feel, feel was to open the window. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think I gave you a roll, didn't I? I did give you, and yeah, but uh, well, no, fine. <laughs> At least he, he gave um, Toma and um, Max character a lot of uh, you know reasons to to continue in this fight. Yeah, yeah, revenge. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't believe you actually you didn't, you didn't use the Mim Sahis against it, did you? Um, but that that would be very effective. Um, against on, on, yeah. Oh, oh, what's quite interesting actually? The um, so so it lists this this uh, this little uh, sidebar special weapons. So uh, the simulacrum. The simulacrum parts are themselves enchanted and can be employed as clubs. A section mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. simulacrum wielded thusly does 1d6 hit points of damage for each successful blow. <laughs> wow. Because um, Fenelik, as a... Uh, if you look at his statistics, is rather tough. He... Um, yeah, he has 17 hit points, uh, regenerates one per round. Um, uh, he doesn't actually have armor, but um, yeah, it has a claw damage of 1d4 plus 2d6. He's, uh, he's pretty, um, 
pretty creepy. <clears throat> but uh, you killed him in the end. Oh, yeah. And uh, found his resting place and destroyed him forever. Good for us. Yep. Heck yeah. We did a lot of good for the world overall. And 1d10 sanity points for killing Fenelik, so... It was pretty good. And then Constantinople, where it all kind of went off the rails a bit. <laughs> yeah, pretty quickly. Um, so, yeah, you, you, you sort of arrive and you basically find the, the Red Mosque almost immediately. <laughs> it's supposed to take, you know, quite a few days. Um, you're supposed to meet with some of the other side characters and there's, there's lots of other bits you can do. There's... Um, uh, is the whole subplot of the missing children that you didn't really um, find? Um, oh yeah, because they weren't in the mosque where we expected them to be. Oh no, they were eventually, I guess, but we didn't find them. Yeah, and there's the sweaty dude. What is the yes, so uh, the Balab the Perspira. You, you, oh, you yeah. arranged a meeting, but never actually turned up. So uh, th- this was quite an interesting scene, actually. So. Um, you um, uh, I'll just find a bit of read through some using Balab, Balab the Perspira once feared nothing, but the brothers have re-educated him in this, and now he is happy to oblige them. The brothers have had time to warn Balab to give out only the information which leads the investigators to the trap at Uskudar Cemetery. Something you also missed out. Um. Selim has decided that the meeting with Balab should be as convincing as possible. Balab will be murdered, as if the cultists are desperate to silence him. So you you turn up, and there's this whole uh, bit about the Turkish bath. So you know it's segregated, obviously by um, uh, sexes. Um, there, it's it's you disrobe completely, um, and you you enter the various rooms where you you recline and sip tea and then there's a room where you linger in the warm temperature and then there's the steam room um and you have to go through all of this of course any female investigators at the time which i don't believe there were any not this day tonight no um are um unfortunately not allowed to go in but well for them probably quite fortunate um you then have to disrobe and go in, and Balab is a hideous, grotesquely fat man sprawled on a on a slab of stone, running with perspiration. <laughs> um, and there are so non-mythos related sand check. <laughs> Indeed, um, and yeah, so Balab Balab know some things he um he can tell you about cult responsible for kidnapping he can tell you things about the statue um he can tell you about he can tell you about the red mosque um uh, but he his his aim is to lead you towards a um the grave of a kurdish scholar garaznet in the ancient cemetery of Uskadar. I believe you actually found another reference to Garaznet. Um, the missing scrolls. Well, yeah. Yes, Kirst, that's right. Kirst missing scrolls. Garaznet the thief. Yeah. <coughs> that, 
they also lead that way. So with a bit more research into that, you would have you would have come to this point as well. Um, and anyway, at the end uh, of this, Baylab stops and uh, uh, cultists come up and they, they slit his throat. Uh, sand loss for that. Unfortunately, it gets even worse because the, the Baylab has been cursed and has is turns into this this thing, the Baylab thing. Uh, his flesh slides off of him, leaving a dripping skeleton. And this thing, there's even further sanity loss. There's a sanity loss of uh, 0, 1, D, 4 uh, for him being killed. Then there's sanity loss of 1 slash 1, D, 8 plus 1. <coughs> Sorry. Dang. Well, that's, that's I don't think empty. we mind missing all that. And then, yeah. then we go to the cemetery and then get attacked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, a relatively... It's not, it's not particularly great. Um, what, what are the stats of the thing? Maybe it's not too bad. But at this point, you're sort of... You're basically completely naked and you don't have any equipment on you. Um, so it's, it's not a nice fight. So the thing attacks the uh, the investigators and not the cultists who just killed him. Uh, <laughs> so uh, good point. I think at this point you basically just have to run away. I think it right. will attack everything around. What's it actually say? Sorry, I'm just. This is a long a long chapter, of which you m- easily missed out half of it. <laughs> well, um, not. Uh, yes, it's attacks investigators. Um, there are ways for you, oh, so it can actually be um, uh, destroyed by uh, damaged by water. Um, so there are ways to push it into the baths. Yeah, yeah. So then, if you go to Uskadar, the um, the cemetery. Things get even worse. Um, uh, you, you, you basically find the grave you're interested in. You can you can dig it up if you brought tools. Um, you break into it, and there's a thing. There's a bubbling vat of flesh, and another grave thing um actually statistics identical to the bay lab thing um so that's not very nice furthermore there were then 40 brothers of the skin waiting around to um to come out and uh and attack you and capture you oh jesus so we just sort of short-circuited that by you really did you really did Um, things then even get worse because they then have the cultists have a large oilskin wrapped bundle and throughout this point you're you're being you're being sort of tortured and tortured and quizzed about the location of the simulacrum um so someone's supposed to be driven insane and and they will babble everything um and then once they find out what they want to know, you're you're left to die as they cast another spell to create a skin beast. They unwrap the oilskin bundles and reveal 12 writhing children 
alive but in horrible torment. They have been literally sewn together with stout twine, almost randomly by limb, by torso, by nose or ears. Wherever sufficient skin might be pulled from a body, there it has been stitched to another child. Uh, Not very nice. They furthermore bring three large tubs of bubbling flesh, (laughs) pour them all over the, um, the screaming children, uh, all the while the cultists are chanting um, and then if you witness this you get another sanity loss of 1d3 slash 2d6 plus 4 so it, it's this whole scenario is, is really nasty this whole chapter is, is just insane um, you have, have, have skipped most of it uh, gone all the way to the mosque um well, of course, some of you have have been captured at this point. Um, uh, let's see. It was uh, Henri uh, Randall who was approached by Akhtar the Gypsy. Of course, unfortunately, Akhtar was Mehmet Macriat. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Um, of which you you may have had a way to know this if right at the very beginning um, the very first session there is a man observing you at Professor Smith's lecture I remember that that. yeah Um, I don't think the scenario as written actually gives you a doesn't doesn't give you a role to find that um if they met him briefly at the Challenger lecture, Actar reminds everyone of someone they have met but are unable to remember who. So, there you are. But unfortunately, you had never met him, so. No, he never met me. And at that point, you didn't really have much other choice. No, no, I, I actually was helpful. There was a way. But I managed to getting out, I think. <laughs> um, so the one sort of bit of the plot you might not have had much clue of what was going on is the the power struggle within the cult. So the leader of the Brothers of the Skin is Selim Makriat, the old man, and he was the man uh, that was sort of carried out on a chair when you were being interrogated. Mm-hmm. Um. Mehmet Makriat is his son and has basically had enough of being second in command and wants to seize the simulacrum for himself, take over the brothers. Um, right, and he tricks the old man into doing the thing prematurely or without yeah, so, safety. Mm, so, so actually one of, one of the things that was uh, important is the the ritual um the the cleansing not the, so there's there's a couple of rituals yeah. going this is where it gets somewhat confusing i think we had a bit of confusion right at the end um the the ritual of enactment is necessary um to successfully wear the simulacrum without dying um, and the ritual of enactment is is the thing that that is 
being performed in the mosque when Mehmet Makriat sort of steps in at the last moment. Um, and it's, it's, it's a fairly heavy ritual. It requires um, 100 pow um, mm. f- to be sacrificed from various sources. That's why there's all these cultists around chanting. They're sort of uh, giving up some of their pow. Um, and it actually costs 1d100 sanity to, um, to perform it. Wow. Uh, and so basically at the last moment, Mehmet steps in and becomes the target of that. Um, so he is now able to wear the simulacrum without melting. So why didn't um, he get it, put it on at the very end then? If he had... uh, this is part of the scenario that, that uh, part of the campaign that isn't particularly clear or logical. Hmm. Um, the simulacrum uh, is incredibly powerful and it's not entirely clear why Mehmet just didn't wear it all the way. I but suppose then, it's, yeah. it's, it's possible that because he hadn't also cast the ritual of cleansing, it might not have been effective. But I admit that's that's one of the things that, as a keeper, it's not particularly clear what's going on. Because yeah, I was really surprised that we were able to defeat him on the train because I figured he would have been all all powered up. Yeah. Um. I, I admit I don't entirely know. <laughs> or I just missed that part while reading. Both are entirely possible. Um, yes. And of course, he has laid this trap for you in London. Right. Um, so that... That's about everything. Um, any other questions? Any other comments? No. It's pretty... I think that covers all the pieces we need. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it never occurred to me that this guy was a uh, He left me at the end. Yes, yes. He sort of, at that point... His 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 intention was to was to sort of release you so you could cause enough chaos that he would be able to step in and disrupt the ritual. Oh, um, okay, makes sense. So he never thought that we were a threat. No. <laughs> mm. Okay. Yeah, it is an amazing campaign, honestly. I, thank you. Yeah, thank, thank, thank you for running. Thank you for running. Yeah. It was uh, was an honor. I, I, it's, you know, I have a lot more respect for <laughs> people that do this now. It's, it's, it's very hard work to uh, run something like this. But uh, yeah, it, was, it, was, it seemed like there was a lot of uh, moving parts. Well, it's also, I think any scenario that's long mm-hmm. is really hard because there's so many places for the players to to lose the, the trail or go off, and, and and then you've got, you know, 400 pages of <laughs> campaign that's irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so having to sort of 
push the the party back on track in a way that's still fun for everybody in order to make the scenario play out at least in one, I, yeah. one of the paths. And I think I was quite I was quite lucky because you never really you never went you never just decided right screw it we're not we're not going on. <laughs> um, right. There's not a lot I can do in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, the the, the sure. scenario does suggest that if you sort of completely fail at a particular bit, fail to recover the piece of the simulacrum, then at the end. Um, or sort of the point where you you destroy Fenelik, you will find the other pieces in his coffin. So he has sort of trailed behind you, mopping up. <laughs> that would have been funny if we'd gotten none of them and he had them all. <laughs> <laughs> so he could have pulled stuff out of the uh, the ocean or out of the lava or something if necessary. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, it's it's no no natural um, power is capable of destroying it. So, right. yeah, that would have been funny if we'd thrown one of them out and it had shown up again in our trunk a day or two later. Yes, yes. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So what's uh, what's next week? Yeah, what's next week? <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a quick question. I just wanted to vote with you guys um, for masks when we do start it. Do you want to do seventh edition or sixth edition? Seventh I, is better. Than I seventh. want to do seventh because I've really enjoyed running seventh. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I like pushing rolls. I like the the luck. Um, I do like the idea. I do like the lack, definitely. I think there's some pieces that we haven't really explored in seventh. Agree. Yeah, I was yeah. reading the book, and there's a lot of things we don't use. But you know, yeah, uh, the the few things we're using, um, those things add value to the game. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'll definitely run masks in seventh edition then. Cool. <laughs> okay. Yes, guys. I I have run mask a couple of times already. Right. So what I will do is I will just play dumb, so my characters won't be very useful. So, <laughs> as usual, hey, that, that but now, <laughs> as usual, but now they, they, there's a reason behind it. Like <laughs> be physically useful. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll just have you check for traps every time. Exactly. <laughs> When are we thinking of starting masks then? Yeah, I mean, when, when do you guys? How, how long a break do you want? Well, my I guess my 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 request, my my suggestion, my request. Um, I'd kind of like to do Max's Cthulhu thing. Yep. Cool. Um, All right. And then I that would have, be fun. And then I have a uh, short scenario that I'd like to run that I want to try out. Uh, it's a it's another original. Uh, I, d- I don't okay. think it'll take more than three to four sessions. <laughs> so we're talking five that's, or that's six. Even, that's even with, yeah. Um, <laughs> the Skype yeah. of Cthulhu factor. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, we'll see. So, and, and maybe so what, get into say, so what, so it'll be Cthulhu, then Jim, yours, and then to masks. That sounds perfect. 
seems Excellent. reasonable to me. Excellent. Uh, what do we need to do for that? You were going to post something, Max, or maybe you did, or... I think I already did put it in the Dropbox. Okay, yeah. so we need to make up some character, some character, whatever it is. Characters. 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 Yeah, some some uh, cat investigators. Yes. Okay. This sounds so amazing. I'm looking for it. <laughs> I did listen to an actual play of a cat game that was. I don't remember if it was. I think it was, might have been fate based, actually. Oh, I, I told you I was listening to the first session of Horror on the Orient Express today, and that has the bit where I'm. I think I'm, it's 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 a receptionist, and uh, she's 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 upset because Professor Smith is missing, and I just start yelling and swearing and shouting, and that's because one of my cats has has seen my hand dangling by my side and just reached up with claws and dug in, and I've tried to pull my hand away. I tried to pull my hand away, and its claw just digs in further. And of course, uh, you guys are just all laughing in the background. It's really <laughs> painful. So, it's still laughing. Yeah, yeah. It's so, <laughs> so it was funny to hear you, you know, screaming in pain. <laughs> I hope I made up for it over the next sixty-one seconds. <laughs> okay, so so Max, you said we need. Okay, I found the cat through the core book has the character generation rules is that yep yep somewhere towards the middle okay yeah it'll like there's a character sheet in the back yeah and that that looks like it's separate also yeah just you know the scenario is in the back of that book so don't read the scenario (laughs) all right fair enough um but yeah there's there's a cool little section on playing cat investigators as well right after the character creation section does it? Does the scenario involve a, a flying cat bed that tries to push us out a window? I don't know, but that's a good idea. Thanks. That's really funny. Throwback. Throwback. We'll land on our. We'll land on our feet, so it's okay. But <laughs> <laughs> can you be addicted to catnip? I. That's a good question. I will get back it's to you. Page, page twenty-seven is catnip in the core <laughs> book. I see. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will be playing my cat. He's kind of an a-hole. So, <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what era are we uh, are we playing in? Um, I think it's I think it's around twenties. The twenties. Twenties breeds. If this turns out really well, then we should just not play regular Call of Cthulhu ever again. Just play. <laughs> You want to play, you we'll, want just, to... we'll just adapt everything. Masks of no letter tip. Doing cat Thulu. <laughs> I knew you'd be all over this, Jonathan. Yes. This sounds like a game I was made to play. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. Okay, well, then I'll prepare that for next session. If you guys just want to email me your characters. Yeah. Once you make them, we'll do. That would be cool. Alrighty. All right. Sweet Thank deal. Have a great night. Bye. Sweet, guys. Take it easy. Bye. Take care, guys. Bye.